On 11-16 SEM, the Four Diego's. G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diego's here on 11-16 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this uh, fine Wednesday night. Hey, and thanks to Finey and the guys, Zanners and Jeff Poulter, always good listening on before the Diego's. And Finey's back tomorrow from 7pm. Vinny Venezuela, welcome to you. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Great to be here. Hello, everyone. Yeah, good to see you too, Warren. You're looking uh, very pensive tonight. Yeah, no, no, I'm up and about tonight. Good. Nothing's going, nothing that Carlos could do or say (laughs) is going to stop me from being Mm. primed. And he'll make an apology at some stage during the show this evening. Good. Because some of the things that he's said in the past (laughs) and the criticisms that he's had of certain... A-League teams has mm. come home to actually bite him. But I'm not sure where we can, when we can get to it, but... We'll get to it. Yep. We'll get it, to it. We'll need that, to that because be it's, it, he needs to apologise. All right, Carlos, g'day. How are you there, Rodrigo? Hey, hey you there, uh, Vinny Venezuela. Warren, I'm riveted <laughs> about what, uh, what I'm going to apologise for and what you all got in store for me. Ladies and gentlemen, he told me in the green room he's going to have something in store for oh, he's me. Prepared he's, prepared prepared he's prepared it. He's prepared it. He's rehearsed it. All the way over the Westgate Bridge. Yep, through the traffic. Through the traffic, he's been rehearsing it. I don't know. I have no clue what this is. No. But I'm riveted. You should be. Mentor. If he's going over the Westgate Bridge, he had two two (laughs) hours, didn't he? He had time. So I'm not sure when I can, but I will. All right, no, well, I'll, I'll. let me, just let, let me determine when that's going to happen. Hey, tonight's show is brought to you by Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing and the Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping. We've got a big show for you tonight, mm. live from Norway. We're going to Norway. Fantastic. I've already got frostbite just thinking yeah. about that. Um, Alex Gersbach, young Socceroo, so looking forward to talking mm. to him. We'll, we'll get to him very shortly. And Mike McGrath, we'll go to London as well. Why yeah, not? Why Stop. Not? What, if you're there, oh. you may as well hmm. go to London. And we'll catch up with uh, Mike McGrath from the sun.co.uk as well. And, Liverpool um, have banned the sun, actually. Before old Mike can't get into it. They would ban the sun. Mm. Well, Liverpool fans in particular banned the sun after Hillsborough. Yeah, well, they've, the so. club's made it official. They're not allowed in any of the premises. You know what that means? Michael refused to talk to us tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Whenever there's a little bit of sensitivity around all that, mm. uh, can't take your call, boys. I can't take any Liverpool questions. No, that's right. Well, so, Warren, you won't have any. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm up and about this week. <laughs> yeah. hey, we've got a big show, as I said. Um, give us a call, 94291116, or send us a text message on 0433981116. Looking forward to some of your tweet thoughts or text thoughts tonight, or check us out on Twitter, Carlos, at 4Diego's. Mm. Vinny, you're our um, social media Vinny's expert. prolific <laughs> on there. Yes, I do. I do tweet every now and then, do you? do, and it's beautiful tweets. Hey, it's let's a get lot it. more responses than mine. We're going to get into the Q&A. <laughs> <laughs> very, very yeah. um, off the wall a little yeah. bit. Uh, let's get into the Q&A now, boys, because um, David Davutovich has mm. written, from the Herald Sun, has written a, an article, and, and of course from SEN, uh, tonight, um, obviously with the big powwow that the FFA is having with all the stakeholders in the world at the moment. Um, The FFA have uh, reportedly told club owners that they are prepared to relinquish control of the competition. Wow. 
What, what does that mean? That's, oh, sorry, that's huge. That's is big. that like Carlos relinquishing <laughs> the reins of this show Cutting and his giving ties. them to you? Well, it could be. Well, he did that a while ago, yeah. but, but he still holds control. Well, of I the actually show. reckon yeah. that yeah. If... I, I did relinquish control, but I am the independent commissioner. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, no, yeah, he just he lets me talk first. That's right. The question oh, is, Rodrigo, good. could we survive without Carlos? Well, Absolutely. could we prosper? Great. Great analogy there, Vinny, with as well. I mean, of course, let's let's take it back to. I started it. Let's take it back to the possible. I mean, I'm surprised that all over the the headline here of David Davidovich's article in the Herald Sun, it's not like exclusive or breaking news because it's huge. this is what the clubs have been wanting for a long time. Now, obviously, it's not going to be the way the AFL Commission works or the NRL Commission works. The can't of the FFA suddenly rel- relinquishing all. You know, ownership of the A-League to the owners. I can't see that happening, uh, but I'm really, really uh, interested to see how this goes. For me, this is this is what the game needs right now. I wasn't always an advocate for an independent A-League because I thought, like Vinny said, can they survive on their own? Can the vested interests of all owners uh, come together for the good of the league rather than for themselves? And it, will clubs just spend really stupidly like they are in China at the moment and go broke. We don't want any of that. So I thought a few years ago when this was muted that we weren't ready for it, but now definitely FFA got too much to do. Pass it on to other people who want to make it work and just let the baby grow. You're going to trust market capitalism, Carlos? You're just going to let things happen? Yeah, but Vinny, these guys who run these clubs are good businessmen who've made money uh, they've been uh, they've been in the league now and made a lot of losses. That's a the thing. They've made a lot of losses over the years. I think accumulated three hundred million dollars losses in the history of the A League. And you know, there's just no incentive for the owners at the moment when all the TV money that's made at the moment is fifty million, could be up to sixty million with free to air coming into it. Goes straight to the FFA. FFA use that money to run all of football. Yeah. And give two point, yeah two point five million or something to every club. Now that's just not incentive enough for clubs. So I, I just think this is timely. I think it's time to do it, but let's do it smartly and let's not just give total control um, in a way that, that you know clubs could be a little bit irresponsible, but let's work it out so you know, it's, it's for the good of the game. I mean, when, sorry, Warren or Rodrigo, but when it all started, when we, the whole concept of the A-League was to sort of create a product that was going to have be long-lasting, well-managed, so that no one goes bust yep. and that we can have a product that lasts forever. So doesn't this put that dream at risk? No, I think, I think it personally shows that we're moving on to the next stage of evolution. We're basically accepting the clubs, the existing clubs, as mature organisations that aren't going to go anywhere, that are looking to create more income or generate more income ultimately through the presentation of the product that they're actually doing. So I think more than putting that at risk, I think it's the point now where the clubs need to be finding their own way to generate income. And this won't be the clubs controlling. It'll be, I would imagine, an independent or, well, independent group of people overseeing the competition that the clubs themselves have some input into and are happy with acting on their behalf so around the club. So would it be like an AFL commission or an NRL commission? I would imagine so. And I mean, my sense is that the key to these these models is around the generation of income, income for the clubs. The commission in the AFL and that as a semi-independent, not at the behest of their own club members and stuff have been able to generate. And with those losses too, Carlos, tax talk would probably help them <laughs> with the legal, you know, nice. 
diversity yeah. of those <laughs> losses. Rodrigo, you've been a businessman. Oh, like, sometimes. why why can't the the A League just give more of the money? To the clubs, why, why do we need to talk about this potential? Because their argument is the FFA argument is um, that they need to run the whole of the game, and the bulk of the uh, income they have to do that comes from TV rights. And but that's the problem with uh, with this whole model because the owners are saying, well, it's the A League that's bringing in all your money, but you're spending the money on everything. And giving us only a little bit. It's a tough one because yeah. the, the A-League has to be linked to grassroots in some way. Now, funding grassroots is expensive. Um, and obviously, and we still don't have enough money in it because you, you hear kids paying two, two grand, two and a half well, grand mm. to play, you know. At, and at that's a, obviously decent, the clubs needing to fund their that's own. That's right. Run. So, so uh, somehow, somehow, um, I, I want to see the model before, before we really get into it. But, but just on that point there... Rodders, the FFA take a levy on everyone that signs up. So yep. if there's a $2,000 registration fee, of course, they get a bigger amount of that levy. So there's no incentive for the FFA to make things cheaper for kids, no. given that there's so many players playing and clubs are knocking kids back. It's a Gavin, guaranteed well, I, revenue. I'm actually stream, talking more about the future. I mean, these kid, kids coming through have to have uh, some, something to aspire to. And the A-League is that mm. at the moment. The A-League overseas, Socceroos, obviously, there has to be an, you know, a, a way forward for them to stay in the game instead of getting to a certain age and realising, you know what, that looks more attractive to me or you know, I'm, I, if I'm good enough, I will try and play in the A-League. So that model has to, has to be really intricate because, and that oversight that you talked about, Warren, is critical to this. Mm. Someone has to have oversight of the clubs who are potentially going to be managing the A-League yeah. competition. Yeah. That oversight is critical. And that's around and money that will be in the, the form of a commission. There's yeah, no yeah. doubt about that. And that's that. around financial obligations, all that sort of stuff. Hey, we need to take a break now. And, I mean, we could talk about it, yeah. about this for an hour, but we need to take a break because uh, Alex Gersbach is coming up live from Norway. This is the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Hey, thanks for your company this Wednesday night. Really appreciate it. Hope you're uh, safe and well and listening to the Diego's tonight here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Hey, boys, now we're crossing live to Norway to catch up with Socceroos Young Gun. He's an absolute star. It's Alex Gersbach. G'day, Alex, and welcome to the Four Diego's. Hey guys, how are you? Yeah, very well, mate. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, it's our absolute pleasure. And you're in Norway. We're in uh, sunny Melbourne, believe it or not. Uh, it's Rodrigo Rodriguez here. We've got Vinny Venezuela. We've got Warren Diego and Carlos Alberto Diego. Yes, they're our real names. Hey, mate, you, you're at you're at uh, Rosenborg, of course, and um, you know you're you're playing in the Eleta Serien. Is that right? Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, that'll do. Oh, I just wanted I just wanted to say it like a Swede or a Norwegian, but anyway. Hey, just just before we go, we know you're in pre-season training. Firstly, what's it like playing in Norway? Yeah, well, believe it or not, it's actually sunny here today as well. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the start of pre-season was, was pretty tough when you're waking up at 10 a.m. and it's pitch black and uh, on your way to training. But um, no, the, the season obviously runs over summer, so that... That gives you a, a better time uh, during the season, but um, no, it's been it's been uh, really good so far, and we had a really successful year last season, and hopefully we can do the same this year. Alex, I've been in Venezuela here. If the if the season runs over summer and the sun doesn't go down in Norway, do you have two AM games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's a bit tough to sleep during the summer, to be honest. So might as well play at two AM sometimes, <laughs> but. Um, 
No, it's uh, yeah, it's it's actually quite nice in the summer. It's, it it doesn't get too warm. It gets up to about twenty twenty five. But um, yeah, it's nice in the summer. But the the winter's also okay when the when the snow comes down. Just very quickly, like how do you like how do you sleep in the summer, or how does your body sort of adjust to there being so much light in in a in within a twenty four hour period? Yeah, well, it's weird. Like in in the winter, you it's it's five p.m. or something, and you feel like it's ten p.m. and you're you're ready for bed, and then uh, and then in the summer it's it's eleven p.m. or something, and it, it feels like it's four o'clock in the afternoon, and you want to go out and have a coffee. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, it's a bit tough sometimes, but uh, yeah, it's it's quite nice both ways, I guess. I wondered if the if you had a poor performance, if you ever do, the coach can just punish you by calling a three a.m. training <laughs> session. I mean, it it just probably takes all the ability for him to punish. And you've got to be honest with me. I know it's winter and you probably have to do a bit of a pre-season. Has there ever been a time when you've been in the pre-season just, or training during winter where you've wanted to say to the coach, look, seriously, it's just a tad too cold. We just, can we just go and train indoors, for instance? Yeah, well, we actually, we actually do train indoors uh, during pre-season. So we've got this uh, artificial pitch in a, in a hall. But uh, it's it's barely warmer than than it is outside. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still cold inside in the hall because it's uh, I don't know I don't know why to be honest. Alex, it's Carlos. So just a little bit about your. Uh, I mean, you're a young guy that's achieved so much in such a short period of time, and there's still a long way to go. But you're you're certainly a, a young gun that we're keeping an eye on here in Australia. But you started. Uh, I think it was Miranda Magpies as a little kitty. Which wasn't so long ago for you because you're only 19. <laughs> but uh, Sutherland Sharks, you were a striker. Now tell us who was a genius who said, "No, you're not a striker. You're a left back. That's where you're going to be playing for the rest of your life." Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I was a striker when I was playing for Sutherland Sharks. We used to play with two up front, and um, yeah, I scored a fair few goals, to be honest. But um, then, but really, I was I was a left winger uh, from the start, and then. Uh, Probably it wasn't until when I was playing for N Swiss under Ian Crook, he um he play, he started playing me there a bit at left back and I enjoyed it and I, I was doing all right and then I I went to the AIS but I went to the AIS as a winger still and I was uh, in the Joeys as a winger and then it wasn't until maybe like halfway through halfway through my time at the AIS that Tony Vidmar decided that I was a I was a left back. And then uh, my last season there, I, pl- I played left back throughout the the youth league, and then yeah, I guess I was a left back from there. Does it take a bit of striking? I mean, a, a bit of getting used to or accepting that a, a striker who wants to score goals is suddenly being asked to defend them, or does it is it a natural evolution in the way that you develop, and I suppose accepting the the advice of coaches, or is did you through that period still harbour a desire to be an attacking player rather than a defensive player? Yeah, not really. Once once I started playing left back, I knew that I knew that that was my position, and I I knew that I I probably wasn't good enough to to make it as a winger. So um, yeah, after after a little bit of time at left back, I felt really comfortable there, and I felt like that was my position. And yeah, I wasn't going to play on the wing anymore. Alex, Vinny Venezuela, I've got this thing about who should take penalties, and and, and I'm from the school <laughs> of thought that defenders should take penalties. Can you give me your, your opinion, given that you've been a striker and now you're a defender, who do you think should take the penalties in the squad? Well, based on my penalty-taking ability, I don't think left-back should take penalties <laughs> very often. 
That's not helping my case, uh, Alex. <laughs> I reckon centre-backs can, can take a, a solid penalty. Defenders who used to be strikers can't take penalties. Yeah. I suppose <laughs> that's, that's right. what you're saying. You never shake off nah. being a striker. That's right. Now, Alex, yeah. uh, it's Carlos again, mate. Now, let's talk about uh, your time in Norway. You went straight to Rosenborg and, and basically started playing straight away. I know you sort of, you know, you, they sort of gave you a couple of games to want, but basically you were part of a championship-winning team last year. This is a team that, it's the Manchester United of Norway. I mean, in the 90s, they won 13 titles straight. You've won a couple of uh, back-to-back in the last couple of years. You're with a winning team. I think they won with uh, with daylight between yourselves and second place last season. Um, what's it like playing for a, a really big club in Norway and uh, and, the, and the prospect of playing Champions League down the track? Yeah, it's really nice. It's a it's a small city that we're in. There's probably about 180,000 people, so it's it's quite nice to play for a big club in a small city. And um, yeah, the fans are great, but uh, they're they're not. They're not so impressed with our uh, inability to qualify for the Champions League lately. So um, yeah, I think that's a that's a big part of this season. Hopefully we can uh, qualify for the Europa League or the Champions League. We we went close last year and and probably should have uh, been in the Europa League. But um, yeah, I guess I guess we have to take it one step at a time. And uh, you know we can't aim too high and and try and 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 tell ourselves we're going to be playing Champions League every year because uh, you know these other clubs in Europe have. They've got a lot of money and and they're well backed and yeah they've got some top quality players so um, I think for us this year we we sh- we should be aiming for for the Europa League and and if we get to the Champions League that's that's a bit of a bonus but um, yeah I'm sure I'm sure the fans won't agree with that they'll they'll want us straight in the in the Champions League. Here in the Four Diego's, we're speaking with Socceroos Young Gun, who's playing his trade at Rosenborg in Norway, Alex Gersback. Alex, pardon my ignorance, what's the pathway for the team that wins the title in Norway into the Champions League? It's obviously not direct entry, so it's qualification. No. How, do you, how do you get there? Yeah, it's quite tough, to be honest. Um, I think we come in in the second round of qualification, and, um, you know, we're, we're expected to win that round. Uh Last year, last year we actually we had a tough draw. We we drew the Swedish champions, but we we beat them at home and away, I think. And um, so then uh, it's the third round, and then so if you if you win that, then you go into the Champions League playoff. God. And if you lose, <laughs> if you lose that, you go into the Europa League playoff. <laughs> so it's pretty so tough. We, yeah, so so we lost that game last year against Upwell in uh, Cyprus, and then we went into the Europa League playoff, and then we actually lost that as well. Hey, Alex, can you t- now tell us how FIFA rankings work? <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, if you lose, do they then just send because they're annoyed? Do they send you to Iceland somewhere <laughs> even colder? Yeah, well, hopefully this year we we draw a team from Iceland. That'll be quite nice in the first round. Fantastic, mate. Uh, now, Alex, like I said before, you, you've done so much as a, for young football. You certainly, you know, you go from, uh, you know, every step up, you just seem to, you know, revel in that and go to the next level. I know you've been quoted saying that you're a really ambitious footballer. There's already talk that the Juventus scouts in Italy are, are looking at you at the moment. Uh, you know, when those rumours come out, is there any truth to those rumours or... Uh, is it just a flattering piece of information someone might have thrown out there? Maybe your agent just to get people noticing. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't really know to be honest. Um, it's a tough one because uh, 
yeah, people people ask that question all the time. I I guess yeah, I don't really know because I don't write it. So um, yeah, it's it's nice to have read articles about like that about yourself. But um, yeah, whether there's whether there's truth to that or not. You know, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Not being arrogant or anything like that, Alex. But you know, we we probably saw from Sydney to Norway is probably a stepping stone to somewhere else in Europe. Do you have a preference where your football might be best suited? Would it be the Bundesliga? Would it be EPL? Would it be La Liga? Would it be Serie? Yeah, I'm not sure about that either. To be honest, um, you know, most. Most young kids in Australia, we we get the the Premier League fed to us every weekend, you know. So, um, you know, most young kids in Australia want to play in the in the Premier League, and I guess I'm I'm probably the same. You know, I'm a big fan of Manchester United, and and I love the Premier League. So, you know, one day I I think I'd love to play there. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. So, Alex, Alex, the fact that you're having Italian lessons—that's just a pure coincidence, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to say, considering it's uh, it's daylight twenty four hours, it'd be pretty hard for the Juventus scouts to go <laughs> under the radar, so to speak, because they'd just be seen all of the time. Um, they'd be at the coffee shop at about two a.m. They would. <laughs> they would. Um, Alex, Socceroos. I mean, do you set do you set goals around? I don't know, playing at the World Cup and. I suppose even the Confederations Cup, which is this year, so it's on the horizon. Do you have goals domestically and internationally, or is it just play well and those things will come naturally? Yeah, I guess that's the case. But, um, you know, this season I I really want to cement my spot and be first choice left back week in, week out here at Rosenborg. And then, uh, you know, of course I want to be involved with the Socceroos and the, the Confederations Cup. It's not too far away, so... um yeah, hopefully, hopefully I can be involved with the Socceroos. I think, I think I was involved in every camp last year, but I only only played two games. So, um, you know, hopefully I can continue to be involved and and hopefully get a bit more more game time for the Socceroos as well. And um, of course, we 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 want to qualify for the World Cup by the end of this year, and and then the World Cup's not too far away after that too. Now, Alex, when you talk about getting picked up by Rosenborg, obviously they, they scouted you for a while and they had a look at you and they said they obviously saw you as a player that they that would benefit and give value to the, to their club. Do they ever talk to you or did the coach there ever talk to you about why they picked you and why they think that you're a guy that they can invest in that can maybe make it all the way one day? Yeah, I guess so. I guess um, you know when they signed me, they they spoke to my agents about about a plan and what they what they see for the future and and what they what they want to do with me, you know. And um, you know, in Norway, this our, our club Rosenborg is uh, a bit of a selling club. You know, they they've got to sell to the to the bigger clubs uh, so they can make money. Otherwise, they can't compete in Europe. So um, yeah, hopefully hopefully if I I do well here. Uh, yeah, then then hopefully I can be picked up by by a bigger club in Europe. Europe, but um, at the moment I've just got to focus on playing well here, and then things will take care of itself, I guess. Now, Alex, one last one before we let you go, mate. Uh, now you're an Australian, and you've got a, you, you're just born with a great sense of humour. So when you go to Norway to play your football, you're very serious about it, but you've got to be respectful. But how can you be respectful when the league has teams that what uh, one team's called Start? <laughs> and actually, they finished last last year. Starts. So they never got started at all. The other team's odd. No. 
Odds another team to finish third. And, of course, Viking. You've got to have your Viking team finish mid-table. Yeah. Surely, do you have to hold yourself back when, when you see those names, you know, so you don't burst into laughter? You've got to show respect, don't you, over there? Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit weird, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> as, uh, there's a few other strange names in the, in the second and third divisions as well. Tell, tell, <laughs> tell, us, tell us a few. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, no, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> does, does, um, so you're showing respect, Alex. That's good. Alex, does, yeah. does, does, does um, playing for odd work with the ladies? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? Have you done any research? No, I'm not sure. So, uh, it's a small town, so it, it probably helps when you play for odd. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly would. Hey, um, hey, Alex, just before, we have to mention uh, Sydney FC and how well they're doing in the A-League this year. Obviously, you keep in touch with your former teammates. Um, what have you made of their season so far? It's been unbelievable, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been pretty good. It's been really good. Um, you know, every week they say, you know, we want to keep winning, and you think, you think, wow, they've got to lose sometime soon. But... Um, you know they keep keep surprising us and keep winning every week and uh, yeah, good on them. I'm I'm really happy for them and hopefully they can keep it up. But um, you know I think I think they're probably locked up first place now. But I guess now it's uh, it's the final series that's a, a tricky one and hopefully they're they're good enough there to win the league. Now, Alex, just a quick one from me. You said you were from the Sutherland Shire. Now I hope you barrack for St George, not Cronulla in the rugby league. But there's a Support the Roosters, actually. Oh, that's that's even more disappointing, buddy. Can I say? But I'm wondering. There's a room. One of it's. I think it's almost certain that there could be an additional license in the expanded A League that goes to the Sutherland Shire. What are your thoughts about that area of Sydney being able to support a team? Because it's certainly got great tradition in football. But do you think it could work as an independent team? with Sydney FC, obviously, and, and Western Sydney Wanderers? Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Because, um, you know, a lot of a lot of Sydney FC supporters are from the Shire. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. But obviously, obviously, being from the Shire, I'd, I'd love to have a team there. And uh, it, I think it'd be great for the place. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just tough with the Sydney FC supporters. I don't think they want it. But, um, you know, when the, when the league grows a bit more, I think... I think why not? I think it would be. I think it would be a. Yeah, I think it would be good. And, and when you're sixteen in sixteen years' time, when you're thirty-five, you'll marquee, be their marquee player. Marquee. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That'll be. What Tony Pinata thinks about that. That'll be your super. He'll be in his, he'll be in his nursing home at that stage, anyway. Yeah. So. Hey, Alex. Um, <laughs> Mate, we've uh, really enjoyed watching your progress as soon as you burst onto the scene, really, yeah. with Sydney FC. So, hey, uh, more power to you, and uh, let's hope there's a, a berth for you uh, at Russia um, mm. for the Confederations Cup and also for the, uh, for the World Cup. Thanks for your time tonight. No worries, guys. Thanks a lot. Our pleasure. Good to talk to you. There's Alex Gersbeck, uh, Socceroos young gun and absolute star. Will Carlos be apologising after the break, Rodrigo? We'll, we'll see if we've got some time for that one. We, we no, there's, no, you're making time. All right, let's take a break now and come back with more of the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Thanks for your company tonight here on the Four Diego's. Um, look, he's been threatening to uh, to do something. I actually don't even know what it is. No so one I'm knows. a little bit loath to do this, but no, Warren, no, no. Uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, well, I want Carlos to apologise tonight because... and. It should be a formal and unreserved apology. He's pilloried Central Coast Mariners and their players in town hall meetings, on air. 
He's called them a pub team. He's called them all sorts of things. I think at one point he questioned whether they should be in the competition. Now, they've put three wins on the bounce. And I want him to recognise the achievements of Paul Ocon and my favourite non-Melbourne City player, Roy O'Donovan, who's an absolute star, who you... You, again, pilloried him individually as a player for <laughs> that misunderstanding he had last year around the headbutting, which was really only a coming together of heads. It wasn't really a headbutt. A bit like the FFA in the um, yeah. clubs. So, yeah. Carlos, you know, you know, do you want to make you know, an apology you know, to the Central Coast Mascot now has dementia because of the headbutt? <laughs> It was overnight dementia he's got, okay? So I now, want you to apologise to Central Coast. When I called them a pub team... Should... You did. Look, when I called them a pub team, they were actually were a pub team. No, they, they weren't. They were, they, were, they were... No, you've done it this year. Not, I would never have done it under, under the tutelage uh, of Paul Ocon. Well, are you going to show Paul, some recognition Paul for what Ocon they're achieving at the moment? Paul Ocon is a he's done a wonderful job, and I congratulate them wholeheartedly Good. with what they've done. Good. I don't... You apologise at all having called them a pub team in previous editions. Under Tony Wormsley, don't tell me <laughs> that they were a, a decent side or they were a club worth no, having I'm, in this I'm competition. No, I'm saying you've called don't them a pub me, team this year. Tell me whether they were uh, <laughs> worthy of a place in the A-League under Tony Wormsley. Come no, on. they were playing attractive football <laughs> but copping a lot of goals. You're but like, isn't it great to see the spirit oh, in that definitely. team? Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. You're a bit like Donald Trump. Warren, I tell you, like I don't think what I think he was—he's been talking them up since Ocon yes. came on board. Oh, no, I don't much. think so. I don't think I've got to be fair to and Carlos. Roy O'Donovan. You want to say something? Do you know he's actually he's, got he's a goal-scoring record yeah. that's not that inferior yeah. to the? I think he's played thirty-three times. He would have played about forty-seven if he hadn't been suspended <laughs> along the way. I think thirty-three for seventeen goals or something. If if West Sydney Wanderers don't go after him. With whatever, what's big in West Sydney? In West Sydney, is there uh, a big statue, or is there a big building, or is there a bank, or something? If they don't go after him with all that, because he hasn't been signed, and no. there's a chance he's not going to be. Well, apparently, you know, he, he loves Gosford and all yeah, that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, but they all do. But if West Sydney Wanderers don't go after him, they're not serious about being in this league. They should be kicked <laughs> out of the league if they don't go after him, because he is a genuine goal scorer who will score wherever he and goes. he can play, yeah. and he's got. He's got tools. He's got some Now, mongrel. can I say, you know, I'm, I'm, this is a serious question. So he apologised. I'm glad I got oh, it because he needed to. He needed to apologise. Was, was that the thing you were building up in the green room? I thought that was pretty good. Uh, okay. Did you? I You're thought a that funny was, man. Did that go well? I thought that went well. You could have prepared a little bit yeah. more. Oh, I yeah. thought that went well. Um, Tony Popovich, Carlos, yep. he's gone, isn't he? By mutual consent. Not There won't be sackings. But they'll find a way to mutually consent that it's uh, it's over. Someone has got to criticise him in Sydney first. No, they just—it's it, just like I said on Francis Lee's show today. It's just like he is a bloke who can't be touched up there. The journos are at his Beckham call. He is uh, a mate with everyone, and it's not his fault. He's just using that as to his advantage. He's won four games out of 19, and he comes out after getting beaten by the former pub, pub team, Central Coast Mariners. They're playing good football. Playing good football uh, on the weekend and saying with a straight face that they'll win every game for the rest of the season and make the grand final. He's going to find his... And no one questioned him. No, no one questions. He's going to find himself on a flight, and then he's going to land in a bar, <laughs> and beside him on the stool will be Claudio Ranieri, <laughs> and then it's all going to make sense. They're just going to nod at each other, 
and they'll never go back to their teams. Yes. What was the Shanghai? It was yeah, mentioned. The, yeah. What was the Shanghai Shenhua yeah, connection? Apparently, apparently they're throwing millions at him to go and coach them. So that might be the out that you're looking for. But, but uh, it's got to happen, hasn't it? I, I mean, the, somebody in the club has got to draw breath and say it's not working, and we need to move on because they've been probably. We expect Newcastle and Central Coast to probably underperform based on personnel. Are you going to apologise to Central Coast for saying that? No, we expected. They've exceeded <laughs> expectation because of good management, players coming together, doing a whole lot of stuff. But they are the worst team in terms of looking at players, looking at infrastructure and everything. They're the worst team in the A-League at the moment, I would have thought. Hey, um, it's very hard to criticise a guy called Popper too, by the way, Carlos. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's almost... Uh, you know, they don't even know they're doing it. Hey, yeah. by the way, in the W League Grand Final um, at the weekend at NIB Stadium in Perth, Melbourne City defeated Perth Glory for their back-to-back 2-0. It was uh, Jess Fishlock and Yanez scored for, for Melbourne City. What a what a magnificent win. The I don't think I... Has it been... A, since Frank Farina 1997, when the Brisbane Strikers won the NSL Grand Final against Sydney United when he was captain coach, I don't think we had another captain coach. Well, she's technically not captain well, she is, isn't she? No, no, Steph Catley is. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. I, I thought she was Captain no, Catley. No, okay, no. well, I take it back. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you what, she's a real leader. What a fantastic, mm. inspirational, from the middle of the season where John Mon- Joe Montemuro had to be moved up to the, the men's uh, you know group of coaches as a senior assistant. They lost four or five in a row. They wasn't Six, looking I good think, for, without yeah, a win. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't good for them. Uh, their morale was down. Everyone, they were the hunted because they done so well undefeated last season to win everything and uh, and then they just found something and they just creeped into the finals that win against Canberra United was a great win because that was a very good Canberra United side playing at home also and uh, and then they go away to Perth with Sam Kerr in the team and there's Rosie Sutton and there's a whole stack of great players there in that Perth side and beat them quite comprehensively in the end and it was a good game to watch it was. Yeah. I think there were 7,000-odd people there. It's no, a great, no, no, 4,500. Oh, 4, yeah. But it's a great yeah. venue to play. <laughs> well, it's going yeah. well, Warren. Hey, yeah. I'm, a, Mel- I'm a Melbourne City fan. <laughs> I, know how, I know how to accurately <laughs> what an inflate a crowd. What an looks like. <laughs> I know how to accurately inflate a crowd, and that's yeah. why I said seven. Sammy because Kerr. Can I, sorry, I don't care what you're saying, Warren. Sammy <laughs> uh, Kerr, I reckon she did something to offend the soccer gods because I've never yeah. seen a player do everything possible to put it in the back of the net and it not go in. She was so unlucky. She's a fair player, though, isn't she? Um, yeah, great player. Great player. Hey, sorry, Rhoda. And the other thing, I've got a gripe. The trophy, <laughs> seriously, we can do better with the trophies. Give us something that we can hold up that's big and we can fill up with at least two bottles of champagne or something, I reckon. Yeah. Does the W League come under the um, relinquishing to the to the clubs? It I'm must. hoping. It must. I'm it must. hoping this... I'm hoping we're getting the best out of you know, let's talk about Sam Kerb, even Kaya Simon, yeah. uh, Steph Catley. These girls are beautiful girls who are fantastic role models and great athletes. Great Should athletes. I have done it in that order? Maybe I shouldn't have done the beautiful girls first. But they Women. are. They're just wonderful role models for the game and great athletes too. I've met them in town hall meetings, just wonderful, wonderful athletes. Well, congratulations to Melbourne City. It was a wonderful win. And, uh, you know, let's see if they can do a three-peat uh, next season in the W League. Hey, let's take a break because Mike McGrath's coming up right after the break on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Flies, when you're having fun, thanks for joining us tonight here on the 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Hey, we're uh, still trying to raise Mike McGrath from the Sun in the UK, but uh, we'll still talk He's about He's knocking it. on the Shankly gates. 
as we speak right now. <laughs> is, he, is he? Hey, uh, before we before we get Mike, if, and if we don't get Mike, we'll still talk about some English Premier League stuff. But uh, what about Paris Saint Germain and in the Champions League, of course, and their demolition of Barcelona four yeah. nil? That I, I that was a shock. Warren thinks say. that's a, a a game in the Championship in England. <laughs> you know that that's outside England. Don't Barcelona play in the third <laughs> third, left, third tier of English football? I, you know, people are suggesting that PS. G is now, you know, one of the big boys. It's like a team that's arrived. Do you agree, Carlos? No, not really. I think it's more about Barcelona waning a bit. Even though I still give them a chance, I know they've got. Ah, oh, this is just set yeah. up for something yeah. next uh, week. Because look, this Barcelona team is probably at the end of its cycle, right? And when I and say Nester that, and those guys, and I'm yep. not saying that um, Messi, Neymar, or Suarez are at the end of their careers. They aren't. But it might start getting broken up, this squad now. And, you know, you might even get Manchester City getting or Chelsea going after Messi. And, you know, these players have still got a fantastic career ahead of them. All I'm saying is that this Barcelona side under Luis Enrique might be at the end of its, like I said, at the end of its cycle. But the one thing that they can possibly do uh, as a legacy is break this record that no one's ever come back from a 4 win or loss. Now, they've got to score four to equal, five to win. Mm. If Paris Saint-Germain score one at the new Camp, they've got to score six to win. Yep. Now, the chances are PSG will score one. I want to see this Barcelona team score six to still qualify the next next uh, round. I mean, they've got... If, if, if anyone's looking, got the pedigree, if yeah, anyone if can, anyone it's can, them. If anyone can, it's them. Absolutely. And they're motivated, they'd be completely... Slammed in the media in Spain, mm. it'd be siege mentality. And w- what better thing to fire up Messi, Neymar, and Suarez? It'd be unbelievable. PSG, they'll just park the bus. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, was, that would be their biggest problem yeah. if they do. I don't know if you Doesn't saw some of the some Barcelona. of the goals, but if you have a look, yeah. have a look at some of uh, Di Maria's uh, goals in that in that mm. game. You know, and uh, Drax and he couldn't get a game at Man U and Cavani as well. Well, so, it's interesting because yeah. Francis Leach told me today, and I've forgotten about this. Apparently, when he went there, within a couple of weeks, he's he was actually robbed. His family were robbed at gunpoint, and that really rocked him, rocked him and his family. So he didn't settle, and you know, it's he it seemed to be very unhappy. Playing for Man U under Fergie, I believed at the time. Yep. And uh, and so I thought, to tell you the truth, I didn't know that that had happened to his family. I thought that he's just a, a bloke who just couldn't settle, like Juan Veron many years ago, and a few others have come and gone. And uh, when he went to PSG, I thought he was on his way. You know, even at 29, I thought his career was on the way down. So it was great seeing him play the way he did today. Two cracking goals. But then you got Cavani, Drexler, mm. the, the German international. They've accumulated yeah. a fair team, haven't they? In oh, terms there's of the money, money behind that club. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I was, no, I was just going to say the, the stats on that game, the PSG v um, Barcelona, the PSG had 10 shots on target to Barca's one, right? Yeah. That's exactly what uh, happened with uh, Newcastle v Victory. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There's a parallel there. Yeah. There is in the other game, Benfica uh, defeated Borussia Dortmund uh, 1-0. So that was uh, interesting there. And, um, penalty by Dortmund. Yeah, uh, they had a lot uh, of Orbe, chances. Orbe Mayang, uh, you know, not only missed a penalty, but also missed an open goal. Striker. Yes, yeah, striker. <laughs> really, you, you, you might convince me about this theory one day. I'm not convinced totally yet, but you know, you are they, coming up with good evidence. They had a lot of chances to win this yeah. game and, and go back home and um, you know put it away for them. And uh, just overnight, Real Madrid take on Napoli and Bayern Munich uh, play Arsenal. That's a danger game. Napoli, oh, they're my Italian team, and they're playing some really good football. Mm. And uh, they would relish going after the Ronaldos of this world. 
and uh, the Ramoses and all those sort of guys. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Just, just by the way, just sorry, Warren, um, Asamoah Gyan has been um, is deemed to have had unethical hair in the United Arab Emirates. <laughs> really? He's amongst 40 players yeah. in the UAE yeah. that um, have been um, deemed to have unethical hair against yeah. the rules of uh, that competition. Yeah. Now, if I've, I've just had a look at his, at his hairstyle, and um, I kind of agree. He's, uh, <laughs> he's got some kind of graffiti going on. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, you can't have that kind of hairstyle okay. um, in the United Arab what, Emirates. What's the punishment in I'm not UAE? Sure, I'm not sure the yet. The referees cl- bring the clippers. <laughs> oh, do they? Yeah, they do. They, okay. they clip it off. Yeah, yeah. It's apparently un-Islamic hair. So, uh, that in okay. inverted commas. It's, uh, His manager should have told him. Really. Would Elvis have made it there? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but, you know, have they just come up with that? Because he's been playing there for a while. And I don't, I'm pretty sure he's had pretty outlandish hair for a while too. I don't know, but uh, uh, Omar has uh, hairstyle is exempt from the new law apparently. So I'm just, <laughs> I haven't looked into it too deeply, Carlos. Yeah. But I'm just, uh, just Omar's, looking at Omar's a feed got here. the big uh, Leo. Can you come back to? Yeah. Can you come back to us next week? Yeah, sure. A, a full I'll, review, <laughs> but unethical hair. Unethical hair. Yeah. You shouldn't be allowed in this studio, yeah. actually, Warren. You've got unethical no, hair. That's not the only unethical part of me. Actually, Rodrigo, Rodrigo with yours, could you part yours on the side? <laughs> You've got the comb over. Do you think the comb over is unethical hair? I think. See Rodrigo, what's ethical for the Diego's is part in the in middle. middle. <laughs> I want to no, see you part yours in the middle. Rodrigo's this is not really great radio. Either, he's got but... the comb over. Everyone knows what that is. Anyway, Warren, what's going on in the I'm just NPL? wondering if Leicester should play their twos next week in their Champions League quarter final, Carlos, just to save their players for the Liverpool home game. Because, look, the only thing that is saving Leicester at the moment is the largest collection of poor teams in the Premier League in living memory, which they're one. One point above relegation. They can't win at home. They can't win away. That's not a good recipe yeah, for success. Why, why are you surprised? I mean, everyone... Oh, what, you, what you should be... What you should no, be, they were looking for mid-table mediocrity. What you, were, what you should be looking at is the fact that last year was a freak year. Yeah, we know that. What they're doing this year is what they've always done. Historically, what they've done mm. is fight relegation. Last year was a freak year. It was a miracle. And this is the norm. So... The story was last year, and I thank them for giving us that last year. What I really would thank them to do, if they want to really muck up with our minds, is I want them to win the Champions League and get relegated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and win, by the way, I think they're still in the FA Cup too. Yeah, they are. So yeah, I, I want to see them win the FA Cup, win the Champions League, and get before, relegated. Though. Is Champions League relegation and FA Cups happening? Yeah, yeah, before. but how about no, not winning Champions League? Is, no, no that, that would be fairly <laughs> significant. Is uh, Champions League the only games that. Uh, Venga can now watch from the pitch. <laughs> Good question. Uh, look, uh, yeah, I think the ban is just for the EPL, just and not for the EPL. For, yeah. Well, that'll be nice for him yeah. to be to touch the grass again. <laughs> so, Warren, do you do you now admit that Manchester United uh, are doing well? I mean, you you you're not a big. They're fan. out of they're out of Champions League places. I think they're oh, well, qualifying for Europa you. at the moment, yeah, which is a good effort. They're a couple for, of weeks away where they're, they're not. Not involved with EPL, but yeah, they're no, no. 16 games unbeaten. Yep. 16 games unbeaten, and they're knocking on the door. Knocking on the door? They're knocking on the door? No, they're an average team. They're, they're, gonna, a, they're an average team. Under Jose Mourinho, they'll end up in the top four. No, so will Liverpool. Well, who's going to drop out Liverpool then? have only got 14 games who, to go because we're out of all <laughs> other competitions. Yeah, who's going to drop out? I think Arsenal could drop out. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, I do. You're I think, kidding. I think it's anybody. I mean, Man City could drop out. Tottenham, Tottenham are probably the most likely, in my opinion. Man. They were ord, ord, They're an ordinary team. Pochettino came out and said that he doesn't believe they've got the the <laughs> the attitude. The, the you know they don't have what it takes. And Can you Tottenham are happy. Top, Tottenham are happy with semi 
slightly above mid-table mediocrity. <laughs> I'm not sure what the word is top for that. Four, but top four mediocrity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that's Liverpool's territory yeah. if we make it. But I can tell you now, I'll tell you the top four. Chelsea will come first. Yep. I think Man City will come second. Liverpool will come third. And then it's a toss-up between Arsenal and Man U. Very interesting stuff there, Warren. Hey, um, Thank you. Sorry that uh, Mike McGrath wasn't able to join us, but uh, hey, we're back on Saturday night uh, from 10, so make Go sure City. you uh, stick around and listen to the Diego. So that's it for this week's show. Thanks for your company, as always. Looking forward to the weekend's football, so remember, Carlos. We're a Puerto Rican girls hang out. We'll be there. If you samba, rumba, and la bamba, we'll be there. If there are girls with thrill on their head and balls their feet, we'll be there. Wherever gringos play football, we'll be there. We are the Four Diego. Ole! Ole! Hey!